vision and all that. So, we'll get there. Hallelujah. Yeah. yeah. We're good. Yeah. Do you need another stand? Or you'll have I would probably. Do we need another stand? Yes. Yeah. Well, there's not two of us teaching at the same not time. So we'll take turns. We'll share. We're learning how to share. Uh, no. I was going to say I'd bring more props, but we don't really have room in our smaller vehicle. Uh, we're at a 6,000 mile journey. We started in Billings, Montana a couple weeks ago. Moved down to South Dakota in Hot Springs and then um, Brookings, South Dakota, and then Pillager, Minnesota. And then, oh, Black River Falls, we were on our way to plan. Plans changed a little, and so we ended in Marshfield, Wisconsin. And I love it because you think you're going one place for one thing. When we went to, we thought we were going to Black River Falls, that changed. When we went to Marshfield, we thought we were just going to go there and stay with a friend. Well, she was going to a Bible study that night. Would we come with her? Of course. And after the Bible study, we ended up having a healing line <laughs> in the foyer of the Assembly God Church she attends. And uh, we were getting out of our Bible study, and the men, the men were doing something. And they got out of their meeting. And Mar- uh, Marlene that we were with, she knew that two of those men, at least two of them needed healing, and so we ended up praying for five of them. Yeah. And we've been hearing good reports. We just we keep getting texts from every place we've been. And uh, so that's always fun. Yes. And I just encourage you all to stay flexible when you're uh, serving, serving him. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the days flexible. that we're in. There are some, you know, the thing is God is doing something Hugely unique, uh, and I believe it's definitely shifting the church and uh, causing us to hopefully look different than what we've ever looked like, and regaining authority and power as He's designed us to. And the, the way that all of that begins is that we're all beginning individually, getting our personal ducks in a row, right? And uh, and Scripture talks about you know that there is a. a Sons that all of creation is is waiting for, and I believe right now um, we're in you know we're in a place where we're being extremely challenged over the last couple of years. But you know what? Those things really bring the spiritual muscles that we need to be who we're called to be. And so I want to encourage you tonight that uh, God's got some amazing things down the pipe for us. I think it's going to be the most exciting days we've ever seen. I you know when I think about it, I mean in the forty plus years of ministry, this is the best time. I'm, I'm glad I'm alive right now. Um, not that I wouldn't ever not take because all the years past, but they're a platform for what God's doing now, and so I'm just real excited. Yeah. 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 For people that don't want to change, that could be. Yeah. Be I didn't used to. <laughs> yeah. I told the story that. In our building, we used to have this orange carpet and orange shoes. Now we have these great carpet, <laughs> lovely chairs. And I was telling people, see those those uh, lines in the carpet? That's where he drug me <laughs> into the next dimension. I yeah, uh, especially when people move away or something. I don't like to say goodbye. And before. Uh, when we could actually go to the airport and say goodbye to people and you could go in, I would stand and watch people and they'd say goodbye and they'd be crying. I had never met them in my life and I was crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Because <laughs> I didn't just like change. Now I love it. I love it. I love it. I love in the right way. I like change when we're moving forward to what God has. In store, and so that's that's when I embrace the change quickly. I used to kind of pull back, but um, thanks to this guy, <laughs> 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 I'm a fast learner sometimes. 
Well, we um, heard that. Okay, I'll stop and then, yeah. A lot of times he doesn't let me talk first because I talk. Um, but uh, anyway, we have heard that you've been doing a study on the gifts of the Spirit, right? Is that, yeah. And uh, so this isn't actually one of those gifts, but it is a gift from the Father through the Holy Spirit. So, um, we offered to teach on this tonight, and, and maybe if it's a new concept to you, uh, just want to share a few, just a few moments on the, what is the seer anointing. These are not in your notes, John. We'll get to those notes uh, in a minute, but um, you can maybe make some notes if you want to like on that. Um, can I share? I just felt like to share. Yeah. This, one. this is what we do. We tag team. If we interrupt each other, that's fine. Okay. Is this that okay with you? This is something. I don't need to Um. Actually, this is something that. It's not well, no, not necessarily. I mean, it is, but it isn't. Sure it is. Um. You know, in John chapter three, it talks about Nicodemus when he first came to the Lord. That's a good place. And and I just want to set a precedence for. Uh, the uh, just the whole purpose of our our coming from I mean because we originated in heaven I, I want to say our coming from heaven to earth because that's who we are okay um, but verse three of John chapter three and this is out of the mirror translation and I can read it also in another translation but this in uh, chapter three verse three. Jesus answered him, he's talking to Nicodemus, Jesus answered him emphatically, no one would even be able to recognize anything as coming from God's domain unless they are born from above to begin with. That tells you a lot about, you know, about seeing right there. So the very fact that it is possible to perceive that I am in union with God as a human being reveals humanity's genesis from above. And I'm thinking, Lord, that is just a, a, a wonderful expression of, uh, you know, of being able to, everyone that's born from above can see. Okay? We are, we are meant to see. So there you go. Yeah, that's, I'll talk about that in just a minute here, but um I think it's really important, especially if maybe something is new, it's good to always set some scriptural foundation and a precedence for that. And um, so I want to look into, um, I'm going to spend some time, I'll get to Genesis later, <laughs> I'll get to John 3 here in a minute, but I think it's really important that we begin to realize what it means to be created in the image of God. And of course, you find that in Genesis in particular. But because you're created in his image, I think it's important we fulfill all that that means. And I know I was raised in church. I was pastor's daughter. and I memorized those scriptures. But you know, I found every time now that I read it, I get another facet, another level of understanding. And that's why I think it's so important to read the Word. <laughs> Even if you read it so many times before. But I read it completely different now. Whole different um, focus, which I should have been doing all along. <laughs> but I always ask, Holy Spirit, give me more, more revelation. Even when I'm reading John 3.16, probably the first verse, maybe all of us know, right? <laughs> But my parents were big in scripture memorization. And so um, that's probably one of the first. Well, when you start reading those things again, what a new revelation and then new appreciation. And you know, he is so, God is so multifaceted. And even if you look at revelations and you're reading about when the Angels and the four living creatures and the 24 elders, and they say, Holy, they come up 
they see a new facet of him. So I was growing up, that sounded really boring. <laughs> Sorry. How many thousand years have you been holy? It's not, a, it's like, no, when you go holy, when you come up and you encounter, face to face encounter, I get goosebumps <laughs> thinking of that. And how much more those of us that have been redeemed, we're the redeemed ones that right. you died for. Redeemed us back. So when we say holy and then we open our eyes, there's a new, when we read the word, there's a new facet that's revealed. So I get excited. Sometimes we'll be, you know, sitting together a lot and he, he'll be reading another passage and I'll be reading one and I'm just getting excited. Or he is. And we're like, what? What? What did you find out this time? You know. Hot off the press, like I said. It's it's like that. It is so like that. So, laying down again, and John had just mentioned and read out of John 3, 7. And I just want to highlight the born again part of that. The literal meaning of this in the Greek word, born from above. It means to be reborn from the heavenly realms. Or to be reborn from the spirit. Reborn from the heavenly realms or reborn from the spirit. That's what it means to be born from above. It means that we were not born, yes, we came out of our mother's womb, but we are born from above. Wow. I won't go on. I could do a sidetrack on that. I won't. I love the whole thing about birth and all of that. But we see that our spiritual DNA, see there's a spiritual DNA put in us when we come to know Christ. It's really our original identity that fully comes in. So when when we are born from above, when we are reborn from heavenly realms, the DNA, you can find it in Genesis chapter 1. And this is one of the first records of seeing, okay? And God said, what's, it, what's he say? See. One of the first things he said. They were created in his image. God says, see. Then he gives a long list. There's, I'm not going to read that whole thing. Because then God said, see. And then he goes in, I give you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth. Every tree. And he gives this list. And you can read that all later. Um, I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. Then God saw. He said, see. <laughs> He's speaking <laughs> to us, see. And then God saw. And what did he, when he saw, he said, it is good. He saw everything, and it is good. And indeed, it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day, Genesis 1, 29, 31. So what's the first thing, though, that God did create? What did he do? He created light. Didn't he? Separated the light from the dark. Why do we need light? So we can see. see. I believe that in this dark hour on earth, you know, it's not going to get any better. It's not, it's probably going to get quite a bit darker. But guess what? The light gets brighter, and who's the light? We are. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. But then he looked to his disciples, and what did he say? You're the light of the world. Because I am in you, and you reflect me. We are to be the best representation of Yeshua on earth. And there are some days I fall so sharp on that. COVID tested me on that. I feel I did not like wearing those masks. And I walked into Walmart, just shortly into the whole process, and I didn't have my mask on. And here this 17-year-old employee informed me that I wasn't going to shop there without my mask on. 
So being the wonderful representative of Jesus, I proceeded to not be next to her. <laughs> and I, John was with me, and he's, I'm sure I was embarrassing him at that moment. <laughs> but we didn't walk too, too far. Holy Spirit is so and he reminded me that I was supposed to be the representation of him. And so I found myself <laughs> turning the card around. And he's like, where are you going? I said, I'm on a mission. <laughs> and I went and found this young person. And I said, would you please forgive me? Because that was ugly. And I'm not that way by nature. I am not. I love everybody and I mean, I just wouldn't do that to anybody. And yet I heard myself do it. And I said, you know what? You didn't make the rule. You have no choice in it. And for you to keep your job, you have to make sure that we all obey the rules. And I said, I am a believer in Jesus. And I just did not represent him very well. Would you forgive me? He was stunned. <laughs> I'm not sure he was even able to answer me. Anyway, my, my real goal in life is to really be an incredible representative of Yeshua. So it's in my, my DNA. God put it there about seeing. What I want you to notice is that God saw the Creator, Elohim. He is a seer. It's a part of who He is. And who are we made in the image of? God. So if he's a seer, I'm in his image, I should be a seer. And there's varying degrees of that. I know some people are like, that's really evident in their life. Others, not so much. But I've heard so many people, oh, they compare. Oh, I can't see like you. I'm like, I hope not. (laughs) We are all individuals. And God didn't make you to see like me. He made you to see like you. Because you see from a whole different perspective. I'm going to keep moving so that my husband won't tell me what I'm playing. I find it, I wrote here, I find it amazing that the creator of heaven and earth, Elohim, created you and me in his image. Not just to be seen, but I mean, we're in his image. And that just, I, I just stand in awe. I just... Oh, wow. And one of the first things he told us to do is to see. He went on to give other instructions. But I'm just going to move on here. After he said to see, that's your spiritual DNA that I mentioned. You are created to be a seer. And to do that, you have to have an intimate relationship with him. And I really believe that's where it's at, is having intimacy, communion with him. If you read through Genesis 1, that may that be your homework. You look at familiar passages of Scripture. Make sure you have an open heart. That's really important. When we look at a passage of Scripture, we know, like I mentioned before, we tune it out. Oh, I know that. I memorized that one. I can say it in my sleep. Whatever. No. (laughs) Let's treasure every word. Even reading in the beginning. In the beginning, God. We, we break down verses like this. In the beginning, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created. See how it grows? That's why I love reading that I don't get. It doesn't become mundane. It becomes fresh and new every time. We get fresh revelation. Did you ever wonder why the first thing God made was light? Okay, I already mentioned that. Because you have to see. God saw the light and he said that was good. He divided the night and the darkness or the daytime. So the evening, morning, or the first day, that's Genesis 1, 4 through 5. In verse 4, when God saw. See, he's our example. And so I know that we've taught this at different places. And sometimes it's a new thought to people and they, they think we're maybe... You're tilting a little, but we—that's why I think it's so important to start from the beginning. We have a friend, and I'm sure you all um, heard this term anyway. But the law of first mention, Bruce Allen has really taught us a lot about that. 
that when it's first mentioned, you go back to where it's first mentioned, and there, <laughs> that there alone is a powerful moment. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it builds. And boy, when it's mentioned three, four, or five times, Jesus repeated himself often. God repeats himself. Hmm. Probably because he knows <laughs> that we don't always get it the first time. <laughs> yes, you're always trying to teach your kids, and sometimes you have to tell them more than once. Right, Joshua? <laughs> you have to tell you, or your parents have to tell you more than once some things, maybe. Like I, my parents had to tell me. Um, verse 26, Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us, us, this is a freebie because it's not necessarily part of the seeing part. But let us, it's plural there, right? People have trouble with the Trinity. <laughs> there was more than just God there, according to this. In our image. So we're made in their image. Not just, not just in the image of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three-part being. We are three-part beings. Last time I checked. <laughs> We're created in His image, so we have His DNA. And so if we're created to see, we're supposed to be seeing. And not just sloughing it off. I'm going to keep moving here. Um, verse 31. Then God saw everything he had made, and indeed it was very good. The first part of that, God saw it six times, and then he saw the seventh time. That's another powerful principle as well. Because the number seven means what? Perfection, completion. God uses numerical value. He uses numbers many times um, in his... Anytime we see, we've learned different numbers that are important. And so we take notice when certain things happen. 333 is really important to John and I. 616 is, there's scripture verses that are so key to us. So sometimes we actually text Melissa Joy that usually travels with us. And, you know, 616, so here we are texting her. And the three of us, if we can get it on time, then the three of us do it all at once, you know. And if you look up those verses, Jeremiah 616 is where that one is based from. Keep moving here. Okay, John's going to come in just a minute, but I want you to, if you wouldn't mind placing your hand on your chest and declare, I am a seer. I am a seer. I am created in God's very image. I am created in God's very image. I am good. I am good. I'm supposed to see into God. I'm supposed to see into God. And I'm supposed to see into God's spiritual kingdom. And I'm supposed to see into God's spiritual kingdom. That privilege. That privilege. Is my spiritual inheritance. Is my spiritual inheritance. Through the finished work. Through the finished work. Of Christ on the cross. Of Christ on the cross. Amen. Amen. Wow. We love declarations. I believe when the eyes of your understanding are open, Ephesians 1, if you look through there, especially 1 to 18, talks about having the eyes of our uh, spiritual understanding become enlightened. See, I believe that's a key to being a seer. I love this part. You begin to taste, you begin to touch, you begin to hear, you begin to smell, and you begin to see into the spiritual realm to discern things both good and evil. Have you ever smelt fresh bread in the house? Yeah, maybe when you're a child. But have you have you ever had that incredible privilege to smell it when you've been in worship? I have. You know, I've had the sense that there's fresh bread in the house again. I believe this is a day when people are going to be drawn. There's freshness. There's new, new word, new bread in the house. And I always pray, Lord, bring the prodigals in. May they smell the bread. 
May they smell the bread, and even the non-prodigals that have never been in, may they begin to smell something and be drawn to the fresh bread. But see, these are things that we can begin to see, begin to touch. People that have never um, even known of him, we can reach out and be him. As we see. Last Wednesday night, we were in working South Dakota, and then I'm happy to come to and uh, we went out to eat with our friends, David and Jeannie Kaufman, after the service. We had miracles happen that night. We're still getting calls about what took place. But to me, this is my favorite miracle. We were supposed to go to Culver's and Slows with Perkins. And there were very few people left. There were many clothes. And we had the most lovely young college student come, and she was our server. And it was like the minute all four of us we met her, I think we like said simultaneously, she's, she's met for greatness. And so then we started telling her that she was met for greatness. Instant tears. She started telling us about the dreams for her life. I mean, it was phenomenal. She, I, people are ready to jump in the boat, you guys. I think she was so ready, we could have said twinkle, twinkle, little star. She would have <laughs> fallen in our arms. But beautiful things happened, and Dave Kaufman has a phenomenal testimony, so he shared it. He had been a student at the same university there, and he was the star quarterback, and God got a hold of him in a dynamic way. So then after we talked with her some, she said, I'm going to go get the other server. She's got to come in here and some of this stuff, too. They both fell in the boat. (laughs) We were able to pray a life-giving prayer. Especially the one girl, she personally prayed it. The other girl was has actually been in the church before, and she was just getting renewed, is what happened. But far from God, she had been. Well, to us it appears that. Something we have learned is never, never judge a book by its cover. Don't ever declare that someone's too far from God. Was it that spoke at camp that said that? Oh, was the Seabrackle? He was so when he went to visit a church. Oh, yeah, I'm in the worst town, and these people never come to God. Don't ever say that. Don't ever. Some of those people are quicker to come to God than the than the, the most staunchest Christian you may know. And yet, with our words, see, we didn't see. We don't look behind beyond their exterior. And see that their heart was ready. And so that was one of my funnest nights in a restaurant in a long time. We do a lot of um, ministry. Anytime we are privileged to go to a restaurant, we always target the server and see what God we have. So I encourage you to turn it over to you, and I'll be happy. Okay. I've got about 20 minutes. Okay, so uh, I'll turn it over to you in 20 minutes. All right? I can get through as much as I can get through, okay? Um, thank you again for, for the invitation. I actually came through after Tim, so. Um, <laughs> but we're grateful to be here. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're going to move on just a little bit further about about the understanding of being a seer and being, being able to see from God's perspective. Because... That's ultimately really what it's all about. Um, we came from that realm, and it's it's really about us living from that realm because we are seated in heavenly places. Scripture talks about that. And so I want to talk to you just a few minutes about um, the prophetic seer's primary function. And you've got the sheets in front of you, and you can fill things in. Ruth, I wanted you to, if you could keep me on track with that, that would be helpful. Um, let me start with the uh, look at the Old Testament for a few moments, referring to, again, re- the Old Testament refers to seers with two words, okay? Those two words are um, Jose, H, and you can, you can, you have to be able to get it in the back of your throat. It's kind of like a Hebrew word, so Jose, so it's C-H-O-Z-E-H, Jose. And Ra'a, R-A-A-H. Okay? I'm going to add another word to 
that's there. And you can write this off the side if you want to. And that's the word Nabi. N-A-B-I. N-A-B-I. So, so Jose, uh, Nabra'a, and Nabi. Okay? Two of the words, two of the words uh, indicate that the primary function of seers is to see, to sense, to perceive, and speak. Okay? See, to sense, to perceive, and speak the things that God has shown them. So I'm going to begin kind of looking just briefly at um, the word Nabi, N-A-B-I. It can be also pronounced Naba, and I, I think that's probably, what's that? And Nabo. And Nabo. But I, it wasn't one of those uh, female term, I think. And Nabo. I think Nabi is a little bit more of a neutral term. Yes. And so, but Nabi is the first and most generally used uh, concerning a prophet. Okay? So it comes from a root meaning to bubble forth as from a fountain. Nabi means to bubble forth as from a fountain, or, or to utter, okay? To speak, <clears throat> all right? So out, out of the abundance of the heart, you know, when God puts something in your heart, you speak it out of your mouth, all right? So it's important that um, we recognize that the Nabi prophet proclaimed the word given to them, whereas a seer perceives a seer sees in vision form. A seer shares and, and speaks what they see or they hear. Ruth was talking about smelling. Um, tasting touches the, the five senses should affect when we hear from God. One of those senses should be affected. One or more of the senses should be affected by what we hear or see from God. So, um, anyway, I, let's see. Did I want to go there real quick? I want to go here to um, Psalm 45. Let me, yeah, let me do that. So, Psalm 45, and uh, verse 1 says this, out of the New Living Translation, Beautiful words stir in my heart. I will recite a lovely poem about the king, for my tongue is like the pen of a skillful poet. And so there you see a little bit of that whole understanding of those words, you know, coming from the heart of, uh, of David, okay? Uh, then, we, then the other one is Jose, okay? So we'll look at Jose, C-H-O-Z-E-H, Jose, or there is a, uh, a man by the name of, of Cole Jose. He was a man whose son helped rebuild the fountain gate of Jerusalem in the days of Nehemiah. And uh, Jose is to look and to see in a vision, to gaze, to view, to experience, to look upon or to behold, to discern, or to perceive by the Spirit. <clears throat> Turn with me, if you've got your Bibles, we can look over real quickly over to 1 Samuel. Let's take a look at 1 Samuel, and let's look at uh, chapter 9. 1 Samuel, chapter 9. Here's where um, Samuel, Saul meets Samuel. Verse, uh, chapter 9, verse 9 says, um, In those days, if people wanted a message from God, they would say, let's go and ask the seer. For prophets prophets used to be called seers. So, uh, I'm just kind of putting together, in a nutshell, what each of those prophets uh, were about, the prophetic seers. Nabi, Jose, okay? And then, uh, then we move on to the uh, last one there, Raha, who is the one... Um, Basic uh, Ra'a or Ro'e to see or perceive or one who envisions. One who envisions. One who is the revealer of secrets. The revealer of secrets. Um, 
This name, Ra'a, was also used in reference to musicians, as well as used to describe a counselor, okay, or an advisor to a king. But the Hebrew, the Hebrew doesn't really indicate, in, the, in this situation, does not indicate that the person is a prophet, okay, but rather an advisor of some sort, okay, someone who has wisdom. You know someone who has, a, has wisdom, then they, this, this word ra'a would apply to this. One who has insight. Now get this. It also indicates someone who is to, you know, to behold a vision. That's what the word means. To behold a vision. Okay? To be a stargazer. Okay? Now that kind of maybe tweaks some of our thinking. But let me tell you something. They didn't have cell phones or watches. There was no way to tell time except by the stars, the sun, the moon. And that's how they they were able to function in the in the daytime, be able to tell you uh, you know what time it was and, and uh, you know it's getting towards the end of the day or whatever. It's the beginning of the day. Everybody knows that. But if you're midstream, to know what time of day it is would have been a little bit more difficult. Okay, but that's the way they operate. It's the way they operated, and so, um, so to to gaze into this is another one to gaze into the realm of the spirit with approval and agreement. Gaze into the realm of the spirit with approval and agreement. A prophet that sees, or a seer. Okay, a prophet that sees and declares very powerful releases. So the hearing ear, but in fact, turn with me to Proverbs 20. <clears throat> Proverbs 20, I'm trying to stay right on time here with this. We're going to keep moving. I know it might be a little on the fast side for everybody, but we're just going to go ahead. Proverbs 20, and verse, um, let's go down to verse 12. Just a simple passage of scripture. Ears to hear and eyes to see, both are gifts from God. Okay, and so those things are, you know, when we have the natural ears and the natural eyes to be able to hear and see, we also know that when we are able to, if, you know, sometimes I don't know if you ever experienced this. You know, you close your eyes and you you're you're meditating on the Lord, and all of a sudden you begin to see pictures, or you begin to see. Uh, you know, different things in front of you, you know, formations or whatever, you know, and basically the Lord is beginning to speak to you. And the longer that you sit in the presence of the Lord, the longer those visions and those those things that He is showing you begin to develop, and you can put one and one and you know make two and and know what the Lord is really saying to you in those moments. And so, all three of these terms. Regarding again, Jose, Raha, and uh, Navi. Yeah, Navi. Thank you. Um, these terms were used in First Chronicles chapter twenty-nine and verse twenty-nine. We we refer in that passage of scripture as we look at it. It refers to Samuel, and Samuel was the seer. Refers to Nathan, the prophet. He was Navi, and to Gad. The seer, which is Jose. So Samuel the seer, Ra'a, Ra'a, Ra, Nathan the prophet, Nabi, and Gad the seer, Jose. So speakers, or seers, I should speakers, seers, <laughs> seers again, see out of what they are, they speak out of what they see, or, or speak out of something that is, um, that there may be feelings. Sometimes, you know, when you're when you're prophetic, you know, sometimes you can get like a pain in the knee, you know, which is a which is a sense in your physical body, and it might be related to someone in the room that has a pain in their knee and needs healing. Okay? So, you know, there might be something where, you know, someone has uh, has problems with, with eyes. You've got a little bit of an eye ache in your left eye or something like that. You know, and you know what I'm saying? So we can we can grab a hold of so much from the realm of the spirit, and we're meant.
to be a channel of bringing heaven to earth. Yeah. Come on. That's what we're designed for, ultimately. Okay? That's what all of humanity was designed for. Some have missed it yet because they don't know Jesus. Because they haven't come into the realm of the Spirit. They don't know how to deal with their, with their life's situations. But we are meant to bring heaven to earth. You are meant to bring. To turn to someone next to you and point them and say, you are meant to bring heaven to earth. Come on. You are meant to bring heaven to earth. <laughs> Amen. All right. So the natural senses, I want to take a look at natural senses versus spiritual senses. Natural senses are for perceiving what is entering your body or drawing near to your body. Okay? So the five senses, again, smell, taste, touch, sight, hearing. Okay? Spiritual senses are for perceiving what is entering uh, what, what is entering his body. Does that make sense? So the natural sense is what is entering our body. Spiritual sense is what is entering his body or drawing near to you in, in the spiritual surroundings. Okay? Um, how many of you have ever sensed the angelic around you or the angelic in a room? Yeah. You have ever had that opportunity? Beautiful. Wonderful experience. You know, we're, we're sensing what's going on in the room and we can... We can feel the presence of angels in a room. That's where that's where heaven and earth are colliding. I mean, it, it's just we're, we're we're sensing it, but we're sensing it in the natural and in the spiritual. Yeah. So cool dynamics for us to get a hold of. Okay. So activating our spiritual senses is one of the main ways that as discerning of spirits operate, and God gives revelation. Through our five senses. Okay. Um, let's see. Did I get through? Okay. Let's see. Let me look what time it is. got to keep on track or else we're going to not get done what we want to get done. Um, okay. So when revelation comes to us through our senses, understanding comes. Okay. The essence of, of that understanding comes to us concerning discerning the revelation that is coming to us in the moment through our five senses. Typically accompanied, accompanied, I should say, with the understanding of what the Lord is wanting to be said. So we take account for impressions, we take account for uh, perceptions, for feelings uh, that accompany the five senses. And don't make it more than what it is. How many of you know the KISS principle? <laughs> don't make it any more than what it is. But let it be easy. It's, it, we, we don't have to strive to see. It's we're meant to see. And so those things, if we ask the Lord to reveal those things to us and to work through us, that will, that will be a natural flow in your and my, yours and my life. And the more that we, the more that we are practicing, because I wanted to say it, it's really important for us to practice. Yeah, practice. I would say practice, practice, practice. It's so important for us to practice. Even you know, it was really interesting because a number of years ago, uh, when I was a teenager, I got filled with the with the Holy Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit, and my tongues erupted. Okay, and I remember someone saying to me, "Practice your tongues." And I think that that's a, that needs to be a daily operation, especially in the days that we're in right now. If I had thought about it earlier, I would have had us all stand, and I would have had us pray in the Spirit. If you don't have tongues, you can always praise the Lord. But what it does is it elevates our, our understanding, it elevates our place in Him together as a one heart and one mind, and we're able to even receive in a great, with greater dynamics. And so, um, but I remember them saying practice, practice, practice. And so I would, I would even listen for other syllables and other words, you know, 
that I'm thinking is that added to my tongues, you know, so I would just add that to the repertoire of my of my uh, spiritual language. And and the thing is, is that it's the Lord that understands all of that, isn't it? That's one of the wonderful, and the, the beauty of that. So, uh, let's see, should I hand that off now? I better hand it off now, Ruth, or else we're not going to get through. Do we get all the things? Do we get all the things that... Uh, um, I think we did. Okay. It looks like one. Okay. At, that, at least that first section, yes. Okay, so you're on. Hopefully some of this is, you know, helping you begin to understand your place in being able to see and even experience greater opportunities to be used for the kingdom in the days ahead. It's... it's it's dark out there, so we need to see from that uh, the, the realm of the spirit where there's light, right? See from the perspective of heaven and bring it to earth. So John had mentioned about practice, practice, practice. And I just want to share some suggested ways to train or exercise our spiritual senses. Number one is spend time with them. You have to be with him. You have to spend time with him. It, this doesn't come by osmosis. But this spends time. Spending time with him um, in intimacy. No agenda. Only to minister to him. That can be hard if you are being plagued with, you have a lot of needs in your life. It's really hard to come with him, to him without handing him your list. But you lay the list down. But you know what I found? When you spend time with him, he takes care of your list. Yep. He tells us to ask, I get that. But when we're doing this, that's not the time to ask you to list. No, it's time to just hang with him in intimacy. Several verses. Do you have the verses there? I don't I should have brought up What's that? Are there verses that are on Okay. The seers? The seer. Nope. The suggested ways to train. Exercise your spiritual gift to spend time with him. There's several verses y'all have. Luke one, okay, I'm just going to give you the address. Luke one twenty three. Those are important. Acts thirteen two. Romans fifteen sixteen. Hebrews one fourteen. Hebrews 8, 6, and Hebrews 9, 21. Then the next one, begin with a heart of gratitude, praise, and thanksgiving. Gratitude. Gratitude gives you a lot of leverage. <laughs> he loves a grateful son or daughter. <clears throat> Psalm 100, verse 4. Another one is worship. You look at First Chronicles 16. Read the whole chapter. Psalm 29. Psalms 96. You can look those up. Through meditation. Psalms 19.4. Meditation to me is so important. And it has sadly for a lot of years, the New Age, New Age kind of stole it. So a lot of church people were afraid of meditation. Let's take it back. Mm-hmm. It's ours. Mm-hmm. It was ours before it was theirs. Psalm David in the Psalms, he, he meditated almost more than he did anything. And he was not in the new age. Okay? So when we're meditating, we're meditating on his word. We're not meditating into places that we don't belong and so I encourage you, get back to meditating. Listening, some of us need to. <laughs> we have one mouth to be rich, right? You know that principle. First Kings 19. I'm just going to give you the chapters. John 10. And journaling. Habakkuk 2. Habakkuk. Write down your dreams, your visions, impressions. The Bible says to write it down 
And then what happens? They can be run with. You run with those things. When they're written down, it gives you a plan and a purpose. And then ask. Ask, what do you want to show me? And what do you want me to share? You, you ask him. Okay, I'm going to read this verse. What do you want to show me? And what do you want me to share? Is it for me? Or is it for someone else? Or is it for the corporate body? There's so many things that God downloads. And, you know, we do get excited. Some of them are exciting things. But we need to ask him if we're to ponder it until the time is right to release it. It's important. Journaling, ask. Timing. Isaiah 61. Ecclesiastes 3. Ephesians 5. God is in the timing. He's beyond time. Please hear me. He doesn't operate on a clock system. <laughs> if you haven't noticed that. But he's into moed moments. It's a Hebrew word, M-O-E-D. It's called appointed times. And so he'll bring things. And even when you're praying for someone, it doesn't mean you're supposed to tell them that. I've seen a lot of prophetic people be praying for someone and the Lord will reveal maybe a fault or a something. And he's wanting you to put it in your heart and pray for them. Or be very careful what you share to them. He's Especially in a public setting. He's not here to embarrass anybody. He wants them whole and healed. He doesn't want them embarrassed in front of the whole church. So there, there are some things he may reveal to you that needs to be shared in private, not shared at all, ask him. Uh, Holy Spirit direction. Exodus 4. Isaiah 61. Matthew 10. Luke 12. I'm going to put in there, I love Luke 4.18 too. It's, it's really powerful thing. First Peter 4. And then in boldness, he'll give you boldness. A lot of verses on that. I'm just going to give you two of them. First Timothy 4. Romans 1 and Romans 8. Actually, you can look in First and Second Timothy. There's a lot there. First Peter 4 again. We're in a season where what we've seen encountered in the secret place, our prayer life, dreams, visions, etc., will be given a voice. We will speak as oracles of God, 1 Peter 4. We are witnesses of what we've seen with our eyes, heard with our ears, and touched with our hands. This section over here, third person hearsay. Is it admissible in court? <laughs> so, the world is looking for eyewitnesses. Yeah. A personal testimony goes a lot further than a testimony that, you know, my great-grandma's nephew's uncle. But when it's eye-to-eye, eyewitness encounters, eyewitness reports, there's something about that. Um, I was going to go to a list of biblical seers. Do you have that list there? Okay. Um, We already have the list, so I don't need to read through the list. Well, we need that. We were born to be seers. We're going to culminate here. Because you are created, as I said, in the very image of God, once you come into the family of God, but it requires coming in, right? What Jesus said to Nicodemus, that he who is born again will see. Without being born again, you cannot see. So let's flip it. I like to flip to the positive. So when you are burning in, you can see. Um, talk about Nicodemus. What's going on here? We have that one, uh, just that one pastor quote by Kevin Moscone. Um, because you're created, that's on your 
your sheet, oh, right? Down your sheet. Yeah, it's right underneath that. Oh, um, there you go. We're born to be. It, it, that blank is is basically your God-given DNA. Is that? Correct? Oh, got it. I didn't have a blank there, and I missed yeah. that. I had blanks in the other yeah. places. That's the one I didn't have. So your God-given DNA is activated at that point. Was there any other blank that I'm missing? Singing. I'm going to just skip on down right. under your spiritual DNA. Seeing is a supernaturally natural experience. We believe that we are spiritual beings having an earthly experience mm-hmm. rather than earthly beings having a spiritual experience. You know that old song, I'm only human. See, to me, I take that as such the biggest excuse on <laughs> Oh, wow, I'm, I'm just human. I used to say that. Why well, can't you agree that? I'm just human. You find that in the Bible for me, please. <laughs> I'm telling you, I used to say that because someone else said it. Right? How many times we've, we've said things but we really didn't check out that it was like a catch word, a buzzword. And we didn't go check it out that it, it may sound pretty and make a nice, sad song. But it really gave you no spiritual benefit. So we are supernatural people. We are supernaturally natural. And I don't think we have to walk around and be so, what my dad used to say, heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Really, I mean, come on, the world needs authenticity. They don't need a bunch of spiritual buzzwords. They need real people that will touch them and not give them a whole bunch of editorial comments. But they want a connection with Jesus himself, through you. Jesus isn't standing in front of him, you are. And so I think it's so important that we recognize Can I, can I just add one thing? I'm just going to take that that actual terminology of being so heavenly-minded, you know what earthly good, yeah. but what we need today is that you are so heavenly-minded, you are earthly good. Yes. Because that's, yeah. that's really, we're coming into that place where we have to take responsibility for the things that that are before us within a grown-up, adult-like manner. That's right. You know, appropriating the Word of God. And uh, so anyway, I just want to say, be so heavenly-minded, you are earthly good. That's right. I think we're going to end there. Yeah. It's already 8.30. Yeah. We were going to do an activation, but that will be your homework assignment. Okay. You can try it out on your families. You can try it on your families. This is what we were going to have you do. We were going to have you get into pairs. And we were just going to have you look at each other and ask the Lord for one word to share with your partner. That you see over that person. That you can see over them. And then switch. And the other one get it and then pray together. And pray that into that person. And so we were going to do that. Just going to be a short one, but we you can do that at home. And it's already 8.30 and we have other nights ahead of us. So, um, so I want to close in prayer and say, Lord, we thank you for this time we've had. And I've just been reminded of some some keys even that um, I've, I've kind of moved on from. And so thank you, Lord. I got reminded tonight of some things that are really important. And I ask that you would just uh, let this all go deep into our hearts. It'll affect the way we live, how we move. In you, we live and move and have our being. And (laughs) so we will have our seeing as well in that capacity. And so, Lord, we bless, I bless everyone here tonight that came out and I just ask that they'll begin to see the fruit in their lives. You want us to bear fruit. And you want fruit that remains. Mm. Mm. We thank you.
such a wonderful, wonderful time. You know, I'm just looking forward to it. Yeah, if anybody's got any questions, we'd yeah, be happy to answer as best we can. Yeah, I mean, so just real quick, can you just give a quick synopsis? You guys have been operating in this realm, correct? Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, for many years. Months, can you give maybe an answer to it? Just oh. maybe kind of went as far as going higher in the seer realm, right? So are there some things that you can, you know, like, God had me here, and then some, here's some cool things he's been doing with me later. That's a good question. Well, Scripture's very clear about the fact that from glory to glory he changes his guys, and, and the thing is that you're here tonight, and, and you'll never be here again. Not at this time. Not at this level. So he's taking us to another level. Um, I think it, there's a key there when I was praying all of a sudden. I saw like a vessel like bulging. So that's why I use the word in mark our capacity. And I, you always start at one level and there's room for growth. Right. But I know I remember <laughs> if I was like part of an activation of Someone else had talked about Sean Bowles. He, he was big on activating. And I hadn't quite, I wasn't comfortable doing that. First, that was 20 something. Anyway, but you'd have to turn your partner. And so I would see a color. I was comfortable with that. But now, and it goes beyond that. The Lord all of a sudden downloads more than just color. But because I stepped out, it takes like when he said practice. And you know, you, you, you're going to, oh yeah, I'm going to practice. You go home, it's like when you're studying a foreign language and you never practice, it's going to go away. Yeah, right. I took three years of German in high school. I was the president of our German club. And we had a guy come from Germany in the past few years and he lived with us. And I, <laughs> I felt like a dummy trying to speak because I didn't practice. I didn't keep it going. And I believe it's the same thing. There was, when there's no expansion, but it gets so exciting how God can expand it. I mean, in the restaurant the other night, God was showing, well, and showing him about those young ladies who never met them before. And we could have made all excuses. They were trying to clean the restaurant. You know what God allowed to happen? One of the vacuum cleaners girls vacuuming quickly because she had taken time out for us to pray with her. And all of a sudden she's like, what a problem. The vacuum just ate the, the power cord. <laughs> Guess what? Pastor Dave got to fix it. <laughs> but see, because there's an expansion that happens, but it does require stepping out, out of your comfort zone. And a setting like this is the perfect place. Because it is gets a little scarier and maybe more I mean, it's still important if I'm gonna give you a word, it's it's important. But it's really important out there. And uh, so I Yeah, I, I was gonna say I would have I, I would have loved to have had us go through the activity yeah. activation because there's nothing like being faced with that <laughs> and just starting somewhere. Uh, 
So if you're already there and you're already beyond this and you're maybe beyond us, you know, you're good. Um, but I, I just want to say the next uh, few times that we're together, um, we're going to be talking a lot about, you know, Psalm 139 and verse 17 talks about a book that's been written about us, that our, all of our days are recorded, and about our identity in Him. Because that's where the, a lot of the church has missed out regarding regarding personalization. In other words, I'm not seeing really who I am. And God is beginning to really, uh, reveal who we are. I, I always tell people, you're being exposed. So get used to it, you know. There are things that cover <laughs> there are things that that God is revealing about us as individuals, and it's important that we just say yes, Lord. I'm in. I'm all in. I'm not backing out. I'm you know moving forward. So there we go. So that's yeah, a lot of the next few days together. Um, so if you need to get going. Great. If you really want to stay into the activation, <laughs> stay into activation. <laughs> You're just crying. You just want to around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's right. Oh, absolutely. I bet you since we have to get up at 4.30. We'll see you night, but I encourage you, you know, to press into these guys right here and ask your questions.